That's okay. I've, uh, that's a first for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Actually, saw him enter and didn't hear him singing, so. No, it's good. It's good to be here. And uh, as I get situated and kind of get on board here, I might be a little hot, right? Should I move my mic down? A little further this way? That work? Okay, good. Uh, and most of you know us by now. I'm Mike Van Bruggen. This is my wife, Fran. We're your area missionaries for Word of Life and covering the state of Michigan right now, um, hoping for that person to come to the east side of the state. Uh, we're trying to, to keep the state going while we search for another person to come and be a missionary over there. Uh, if you'd like to pray for that, that would be great for me because that would get me back just into West Michigan and I could concentrate more time uh, here. And that would be good for all of us, I guess, over here. And it would be good for them over there because they'd have their own person concentrating on them. Uh, that would be good. But it's been a blessing to, to be driving back and forth. I love driving around Michigan and seeing everything and just being a part of what's going on. Uh, I have a picture of... I've got to turn that on. There we go. There we go. I have a picture of our family there. And uh family report, but you can see... Uh, Drew and Rachel and their three kids there, they're the ones who are coming uh, to serve here at your church and be a part of your fellowship, and we're, uh, as parents, very happy that they're coming this way, um, moving from West Virginia to Allegan, Michigan, so um, cutting our drive down by about seven and a half hours to see them, uh, and that'll be a great blessing for us as well, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm sure you'll uh, get to know them in the coming weeks they're actually saying goodbye to their church in West Virginia this morning and then driving up this today and hoping to be here by 9, 9.30 tonight uh, to live in a temporary place where they have uh, down at Merson um, where they're going to stay until they can find permanent housing. And so um, they have to have their truck empty by, uh, and, and returned by noon tomorrow or they have to pay a day uh, rent on a U-Haul, which is apparently a couple hundred dollars. I don't know how much it is. Uh, but they want to really have it unloaded by tomorrow. So we'll be doing busy with that tonight and tomorrow morning and uh, just getting them uh, into the state of Michigan. And then uh, everything after that uh, will be kind of, you know, start to center around, around you guys and what you're doing here at the church and what the, the role that they've been called to. And so uh, we're just happy to, to see that happen. I want to talk to you today. Um, we begin about God's principles that work, or how the application of God's principles affect a person's life whenever they're tried. And you'll see as I get into this some very specific things that I'm going to be talking about, and um, you'll see that this is a drum that we've beat on before, it's something that's very important that we all remember from time to time, and it's something that uh, we really have to pay attention to. As I begin, let me pray, and then we'll, we'll jump in. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this opportunity to share God's Word today. Uh, thankful for the opportunity to give Pastor John a break, and uh, hoping that they're having a good time wherever they are, relaxing and being around with their family. And Lord, we pray that, uh, that you would bless this time for us here, and that uh, you would be honored and glorified by the things that we do and the things that we say 
today here in Allegan Bible Church. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, we'll move right through here. Uh, so, we're going to talk about principles. And principles are basic things, right? They're, they're the building blocks that support everything else, right? They're, they're the fundamental, primary, or general laws or truths from which everything else is derived. They're the base things, the irreducible minimums. Um, they might be, you might think of them as the atoms, to, um, you know, the things that we do or something like that. Uh, as we talk about, we're going to talk about a physical principle, then we're going to talk about a spiritual principle, some spiritual principles coming up. But uh, think of these things as the unchangeable things that are there that we can use to build our life on or build whatever it is that we're going to build on. We use those things. They're constant, they're real, they're always there, and, um, and they're reliable. And so these are things... That we and we're going to gravity. Okay, so you're going to notice me swallowing, and I might cough a little bit. I, I've, I'm on a medication that makes my nose drain, and that's what's going on. I assure you that I'm not sick. We haven't been or anything like that. Uh, just talk. It just makes it go more and more, uh, and so that's what's going on when you see me doing that. But anyways, consider gravity. It's a constant. As long as you're on Earth, it's going to make this amount uh, on a scale. Uh, there are a couple of little exceptions, like go to the mystery spot up in the UP. There's a certain place where you can stand on a scale here, and you weigh different than if you stand on a scale there. Underneath there is, is, um, is more dense, and you are attracted to it more than if you're over here there's some kind of a cavity that, that generally speaking, overall, you know, um, I, if I'm 270 pounds, I'm going to be 270 pounds here. I go to South Africa, I'm 270 pounds. If I go to the North Pole, I'm going to be 270 pounds. Gravity is just constant, right? Um, and it affects our health. Astronauts and zero gravity, did you know that they develop symptoms? That there's things that happen to them. They're, they're, if they stay there too long, they're their bones begin to get weaker. Uh, they have to devise ways for them to exercise and, um, and uh, keep their bones in shape. If they're out there for a long time, they lose muscle tone. Uh, actually, their digestive system doesn't work as well in zero gravity because gravity is not there to kind of help pull things through. And, um, you know, I mean, without getting too graphic, things floating around where they don't need to be floating around. Um, you know, we're designed to operate, right, in or in gravity. We're designed to operate here. And that's the way God made us. So gravity is a constant. It's a principal thing. We can count on it wherever we go. Uh, just the wheels are on the bottom of the car, right? There's, we're not going to be going through a tunnel and then all of a sudden be riding on the top or anything like that. Um, obviously, we know that if we flip the car over, it would be nice if we had wheels on that side. Not designed to go that way, right? Tunnel either, it's going to go on the bottom of the tunnel because of gravity. It affects the way that we build buildings, right? Uh, I mean, uh, we've probably seen videos of uh, destruction or um, you know demolition of buildings where they explode the foundations and then the building crumbles down in because the foundations are gone. And occasionally, 
see one that kind of rolls over on its side, and it's still kind of there as a box, you know. But I'll assure you that 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 remainder of that building is not as strong on its side as it was when it had a foundation and it was standing up. Because we build our buildings to withstand gravity, and gravity pulls on it in a constant way. We can build them to the sky. Uh, Probably most of us here have been to the Sears Tower or some other tall skyscraper. Uh, And it's built in a certain way because the forces that are going to be against it are are figured in, and it's just built to hold itself up. Um, You know, as as, uh, the way that we play our games. Uh, uh, Recently, I've been doing some some YouTubing about Babe Ruth, right? Babe Ruth's swing, and he hits these home runs and everything. And I'm assuming you guys know about baseball, right? Baseball is probably my favorite game uh, of all time. I've been a huge baseball fan since I was maybe six or seven years old, uh, followed the Tigers the whole time, followed Major League Baseball, and one thing I know about baseball is if, you know, I wasn't alive when Babe Ruth was here, but when Babe Ruth hit the ball and it, and it went a long ways, it was a home run, but it wasn't a home run until it landed somewhere, right? If he, if he hits it a long ways and it lands in front of the fence, it's not a home run. It might be an out. If it hits the ground, it might be a double single, depending on how fast he runs, but it's only a home run when it lands on the other side of the fence. And so we, we make our games, we make that fence a certain distance so that it's a challenge, but it's reachable. Now just imagine if gravity wasn't constant. Babe Ruth is up. It's the old one pitch, and whack, he smacks it, and it starts going, and suddenly gravity becomes inconsistent, right? And that ball just keeps on going and keeps What's the umpire going to do? Well, he can't call it until it lands somewhere. We have to know where it lands. Is it going to be fair or foul? Is it going to be over the fence or is it going to be short of the fence? And let's just say that um, gravity stays off. It's inconsistent and it has turned off. And that ball travels all the way around the world and comes back in and lands right next to second base. You know, well, the umpire couldn't land it, right? Okay, so this is a crazy example, but you get my um, Gravity is always effective. It's always there. It's a principal thing that we can count on even when we play our games. And so, I mean, I, I just found this picture um, on YouTube, and I cannot imagine figuring all that out and getting those weights just right. Um, but if that's truly balancing like that and it's not all glued together, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Um, and so anyway, gravity would be the thing that you would have to work with. So gravity is a principle in our physical world. Uh, it's a fundamental, primary, or general law or truth from which others arrived. That's from dictionary.com. Of course, God created gravity for us, um, and it change. We can count on it. God doesn't change either. We can count on him. And we're going to begin to talk about some principles for our spiritual health. And some principles for our spiritual health will affect our health, just like um, you know, gravity affects our health. It helps us avoid unhealthy habits and practices. Uh, God's spiritual principles for, of, of the faith help us, and they affect what we do. It increases our stewardship through better choices. Uh, we're um, maybe not in places where we shouldn't be because we've made a choice to avoid certain things because of our spiritual principles, the effect of God's word on our lives. And they affect what we become. It changes our focus, creating a greater outcome or a more positive outcome because of choices that we make along the way 
grown up, and as we've learned and grown and uh, developed a culture, as um, God tells us to imitate him, holy for he is holy, start to make those kinds of choices, and it changes, uh, changes the way we are and what we become, and God's uh, principles, God's spiritual laws at work in our lives, and it helps us in our life. We have a better life uh, by following God. And so uh, God gave us what we need. Think of 2 Corinthians 3.5. I have that up on the board there. Uh, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And uh, any of us who have been around uh, the Bible long enough, we know that you know, outside of Christ, we're nothing. Uh, there's nothing that we can do uh, on our own to condition has done it for us. God's grace brings us to the spiritual maturity uh, through the finished work of Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and so God has given us what we, meet, what we need. And we come to uh, 2 Peter 1.3, uh, which the verse is there on the board. It says, according to, as his divine power has given to us, attain unto life and godliness. And then here's the Here's the phrase to catch, and he's given us all things unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. It's through the knowledge of God. We go on to the next, four, next verse, verse 4 says, whereby we are given, unto, um, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Okay, so uh, not that we become God, but we become God partakers of his nature, we become like God, we imitate God, we begin to have um, some of the benefits of godliness in our lives, right? Uh, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so having escaped that corruption by coming close to God, uh, endearing ourselves to God's word and following it, making those applications in our lives, uh, that is what we're talking about here. So uh, as he has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of God, where do we get that knowledge? We get that knowledge from God's word. Second um, Timothy 3, just going back there real quick. Um, not as quick as I thought I was going to. There we go. <clears throat> Second Timothy 3, uh, in, in verse... 14 says, Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. We're following Christ. Uh, but can, um, and that from a child, so, so Paul's talking to Timothy, that from a child is known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So it's the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation you, you get saved by knowing what God's word is. And then <clears throat> he goes on to say that God's word is valuable in other ways. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. What's right, what's wrong, how to get right, and how to stay right. And so beyond, uh, beyond salvation... God's Word is there as a principal source for us to know how do, we, how do we know what's right, 
how do we stay right, and so on. And so uh, he does all this so that the man of God may be perfectly furnished. This is verse 17 in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. That the man of God may be perfectly and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so we find then that, that God's word is a principal thing for us to follow. It's a principal thing for us to keep in our lives. In Isaiah um, 55, 6, it says, Seek ye the Lord while you may be found, while he may be found. Here we go. <clears throat> I set this all up this morning, and I... Um, and so Isaiah 55 is, is sort of a, um, a passage that uh, tells us that it's an invitation to forgiveness uh, for God's people to seek him while he can. An invitation for forgiveness and an, an, an invitation for, um, you know, making that application and finding him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Because we know that God is not hiding from us. And so, we come to one of my favorite verses in Scripture. I think this is just a gold nugget that's in Scripture that we can just take out of it. Uh, and we can apply it anywhere we want. And uh, it says, uh, without faith, it's Hebrews 6, without faith, it's him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so we see in that verse that it is, it is belief and trust in God. We learn that through his word. And he is um, going to uh, reward He's seeking him for salvation and be rewarded with salvation. Beyond salvation, uh, we'll be seeking him for the sustaining gospel of grace that's going to carry us through our lives and, and help us as we grow and learn to, to have that godly life and to make the right choices because that are found in God's word so that we can be the person that God intended us to be, so that we can affect other people with his word and help them grow as well. And so, first we have that faith, saving faith in Jesus. Secondly, a continued faith in a godly life, because through faith and our diligence, we seek him and we grow in him and we learn, and, and we use the principles that we find in God's word to help us live a godly life, to help us and it benefits us because, you know, we're making better choices and we're in better places and we're doing better things and we're um, not, uh, you know, as susceptible to uh, evil and different uh, people who, you know, like, you know, quite frankly, we were in South Africa for uh, eight years and people said, you know, how was crime there? Well, crime is terrible there. The police are not, the police are all on the take. Uh, they're not reliable at all and crime was bad, and then they'll say, you know, but what, did any of it happen to you? And we'll say, no, we weren't really directly touched by it very much because we're not drug dealers, so we're not hanging out with those people, right? We want them to come to Christ. We'll hang out with them, you know, in a, in a gospel situation or something like that and, and share Christ with them, but, you know, we're not, we're not hanging out with drug dealers. Uh, we're not laundering money. We're not stealing things. Uh, we're not involved in all that kind of activity that criminals and crime and all uh, that they partake in and the, and the way that they think and what they do. 
the only way for us to get involved with any crime was just to be a victim. And, um, you know, with 10 million people in the city, I guess, you know, we were just two, and then the odd, you worked the odds and all that. And, you know, we really didn't get robbed, and we really didn't get... I mean, we had some things stolen out of our backyard, but nothing that personally threatened us, right? And God just took care of us in a crazy way like that. But I hope you get my point that, you know, um, you know, the fact that we weren't out there selling drugs and the fact that we weren't out there doing crime things meant that we were in a safer spot. Uh, but the, the statistics are for the whole country, right? And so uh, here we go with a Deuteronomy 28 passage. And this is just uh, an encouragement to obey God and to see what happens when you obey him. And so Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2 says this, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the Lord God, uh, to observe all and do all of his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come to thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord. And so this is God saying, you know, uh, if you want my blessing, then come with me. You know, do the things that I say are the right things to do. Uh, have the right attitudes. Have, you know, uh, have a godly demeanor and do those things. And, and uh, these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. They'll override you. And, um, and then the, the um, chapter goes on from verse 3 to 14, and talks about all the different ways things because of your obedience to God or because of and be the type of person he intended and to um, just share his character with other people. You'd be blessed wherever you You can write the passage and go look at it later. You'll be blessed through your family through your flocks or through your work or through your business, right? Because if you're not cooking the books, you're not going to get caught, you're not going to get in trouble. Uh, God's blessing is with that kind of activity. Yeah, blessed in your provision, blessed in your relationship, to your relatives, you're not uh, uh, double dealing them, um, you know, in any way trying to harm them or take advantage of them, and your relationships are going to be better. Right? You'll be blessed in your, and in your circumstances and your abilities. And so uh, what I'm describing here and what God's saying here is, is not a prosperity gospel. Not if you do these, this list of five things that you know, um, the world's just going to pour themselves out for you and that you're going to be able to just you know, really make a profit on this. What he's saying is, if you want my blessing, and that's what I want, I don't really care if I'm rich, I don't really care if I'm famous, I don't really care. I do care. I hope I'm healthy, you know, but um, what I really want is God's blessing. Uh, as we work in our ministry, you know, I'll make plans, I'll work on things, you know, but I, what I really want in all that is I want God's blessing in all of it. Because when God blesses it, it just flows and it goes better. And I can usually tell if, I've, if I'm trying to force something too hard and it really starts to become my work instead of God's work, it really gets hard to do. But if I can stay in the space where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to honor God and I'm trying to arrange this stuff so that God's word can go out, so that we can share the gospel, or, or you know, that it's God's will, that whatever we're doing, 
it usually just flows out. Even complicated things become simple. So what I'm saying here with these verses is, what God is telling us is, you know, be my person and, and let me bless you. Right? Not a get-rich-quick scheme, but let me bless you. And if we have God's blessing, then all these other things are going to follow. Now, they might follow in different ways for different people and describe God's blessings in their lives in different ways. Uh, it may not be a monetary blessing. It may be some other blessing. But I hope that you get the picture here that when we follow God and when we apply His Word to our lives, we just have that blessing and things go better. They flow and, um, and we're happier and we're better off than we would be. And so... The results of seeking and obeying God's blessings will overtake you. So adhere to his word. Keep his commandments and statutes and live the authentic Christian life. And that's really what we're talking about here. Living the authentic Christian life. Being that person that everybody in your neighborhood knows when there's a car accident in the family and somebody's in the hospital and they need somebody to talk to, your name is the one that pops into their head because of the you live your life because you're steady, because you're grounded by principles, because the, the, the forces of this world don't seem to bounce you too much. You seem to be able to handle all the stuff that comes your way. And when they need help handling stuff, they're coming to you because you're the one that's, that's got that example. You've got the authentic Christian life going on, and they see that, and that's when you know tied into what God's doing and what God wants from you. You have for these kinds of things. So there's four steps that I got marked out here in this sermon uh, that go toward God. One of them is Bible study, both corporately and personally. Uh, and so uh, one way to put that is your quiet time with God. The Word of Life offers an excellent quiet time, but uh, the biblical principle is not shall use Word of Life's quiet time. The biblical principle is that you should be in God's Word on a regular basis and that you should be taking from God's Word the applications and applying them in your life so that you can become more godly, so that you become more like Him. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. So uh, the word study is there, right? Don't just have it off to the side. Don't just keep it in your bookshelf. But, you know, open it, look at it, read it, make an application from it. Uh, to be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing or rightly handling the word of truth, making that application, not just reading for the sake of reading it, uh, not just learning new words, um, you know, uh, just the various different ways you can read something, but reading it with an expectation of gaining some knowledge of God that you can apply to your life so that you can become more like him. And this is all of our responsibility to do this. You want God's blessing, you have to know what God says will bring that blessing. And what will bring that blessing is uh, Hebrews 11.6, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And so diligently seek Him. Um, so read your Bible daily, apply the truths to your life. Uh, step number two, daily prayer. And so we, we advocate a prayer journal to all of our teenagers and a are younger people who can um, who are old enough to write down prayer journals, uh, just of organizing your prayers and kind of keeping track of maybe where there's an answer or something that's ongoing that you're praying for, 
rather than just trying to remember everything. And uh, a lot of times your list can get longer than your memory. If you're like me, that's especially true. And so, um, you know, do a, do a prayer diary. Have a, have a place where you write these things down. And, uh, you know, I would even suggest a spot where you go to pray where, where this is already so you don't have to go look for it. And, um, and then here's Psalms 5.3. Uh, my voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Um, I mean, there's other verses in Psalm that say in the evening or at night, you'll hear from me, God, I'll pray to you. Uh, I don't think that the, the, um, the, the principle is that you pray in the morning. The principle is that you pray on a regular basis. Uh, whether you choose to do it in the morning, I just like this verse, and I kind of am a morning person a little bit more than an evening person. Uh, after about 8, 30, 9 o'clock, especially in the wintertime, I'm out. Um, you can't really talk to me. My wife is a, is a person, and she'll try to talk to me sometimes when I'm already kind of, I call it, gone into the pumpkin stage, you know, and uh, it's pumpkin time, and then she'll just write a note on a messenger, messenger app, and I'll answer in the morning because I really don't have a coherent thought anymore. So you got to know a little bit about you, right? And if it's you to pray at night and you don't have a coherent thought in the morning, then pray at night. The principle is to pray. The principle is to carry your concerns to God. The principle is to care for others by carrying their concerns to God and then also praising Him and exalting Him and all the things that go into prayer. So be in constant communication with God. Scripture memory is another one of the four steps. Uh, we have verse packs. The, you know, the, the principle is not to use our verse packs. The principle is to remember God's word and to use it in lives. Um, Psalm one nineteen eleven says, "Thy word have I hid in thy heart, that I might not sin against thee." Uh, so it's your defense in a moment of need, and your offense in a moment to proceed. Now, I'm not just playing with my phone. I'm looking for a quote that I that I sent myself here so that I could use it today uh, from a book that I was reading. And um, I thought it was interesting, and I really thought that it fit in here. It's a, it's a book um, called Counseling the Hard Cases by Stuart Scott and Heath Lambert. And they're talking about the effect of God's Word on people who are having uh, mental problems, right? So it's depression or it's whatever it is, you know, that they're having. And um, he's talking about second, the book of 2 Timothy. He says, in 2 Timothy, salvation is not a limiting term, but rather a mammoth expression referring to all the problems from which Jesus intends to redeem his people. Will there be dissociative identity disorder in heaven? No. How about obsessive-compulsive order? No. Postpartum depression? Not a chance. Indeed, none of these difficulties in living mentioned in the book, the book that I'm reading, this book that's coming up, uh, this is chapter 1, um, mentioned in this book, will exist in heaven. Why? Because these problems will finally be eradicated by the precious blood of Jesus Christ in the life-giving spirit of God's great work of salvation. And where do we learn about that? From God's Word. From the principles of God's Word. From remembering it, from knowing it, from studying it, from hanging on to it. Uh, you know, we got problems, we got troubles, we're all, we all have things, Right? And the, 
the closer the evidence from these counselors suggests that, the closer we are to God's Word and the better we're making an application of God's Word to our life, the more that that clears, the more we're able to handle things. Uh, the more that, you know, even if times are tough, um, you know, it's not going well for us physically, we're closer to God, able to handle this way in a godly way, in a way that would uplift others, and, and it makes our lives better as well as we go through that trial. So hiding God's word in your heart and knowing what God's word says is a key component. And then Christian service. Uh, it's group or individual, serving others. We're, we're made to be in community. Uh, you know, I mean, we notice with the pandemic that just happened that um, there's, there was a surge in depression, there was a surge in uh, suicidal thoughts, and even the numbers of suicide itself went up because people were isolated from other people. There was no way for them to interact, and we're, we're just made to be in community. And so serving others is a way for us, an outlet for us to show godliness to other people, to uh, honor God with our hands and with our feet. Uh, not only that, it's a good way to make friends and influence people, to be a part of, of what's going on. It's a way to share the gospel with people who are unsaved by serving them, doing something for them, serve one another, teach in the Sunday school, a junior church, you can see the list up there. Uh, do stuff out in your community. Uh, in your community, if you're in a neighborhood, and we're going to, this is in my sermon for next week, actually, but I'll, I'll break you a little bit of it today. Uh, you know, if, we, if you're out there and you've know, you got people that you call neighbors and there's a death in the family two doors down, they're not a Christian family, but there's a death in the family, but in the church, um, meals for them, you know, for people that have died in our church, for the families, uh, not for the people that have died, but for the families of the people that have died. Why not do that in your neighborhood? You know, and say, I'm, I'm organizing this, and today somebody's coming, tomorrow somebody's coming, to, next day somebody's coming. We just want to love you. We want to support you during this time of your hardship. And eventually they'll say, why are you doing this? Well, I'm doing this to honor God. And would you like to hear about God? You know, would you like to know what I know about God? So Christian service is a big thing. And so, um, you know, how we live in our lives, apply the principles in our home. And I'll urge you to read Ephesians 5.22 through uh, Ephesians 6.4 in your home. You know, wives, respect your husbands. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. That's what that verse says in there. Uh, children, obey your parents. Honor mom and dad. Fathers, treat children well. Bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Take this idea of living by God's word and pass it on to the next generation. That's what happened with us, right? And so, the conclusion, God's principles work. Here is a, uh, a couple of verses from Proverbs. It says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early, or diligently, shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea. And righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment that I may cause those that love to inherit the substance, and I will fill their trees. So we get, had a little bit of problem with our, of our slides to this computer, but you can read it there. 
what's Solomon saying here? He's saying, God is saying, let me bless you. Follow me. Be what I intend you to be and let me bless you. And so, you know, serve people. Is, talk about Christ with other people. Wear your faith on your shirt sleeve. Be vulnerable. Uh, it's a key ingredient towards seeing people come to Christ. If we walk around and we never say anything and we just keep ourselves to ourselves, we're not going to grow the church. The church, not just Elegant Bible, but the church as a whole. We're not going to grow the church if we're not talking about Christ. It's a key ingredient towards people coming to your fellowship in your church. And, and so if you're known as a, a group of people who uh, honor God by living your life the way God expects you to live, that authentic Christianity, then word will get out. And when people have trouble, they'll know where to come. And when they come, you love them, you teach them, you talk to them, you share God's word with them, you share your hope with them, and they come to Christ as well. And so, um, and then people talking about Christ with other people is a key ingredient as well. Um, this is a, uh, a picture of a guy named Sabello. Uh, one year at camp, I was able to lead Sabello to the Lord. The next year, he came to our discipleship training center. The next year after that, he graduated from the discipleship training center, and he's in service in a local church in South Africa. And it was just a process of, hey, this is how God wants you to live. This is what God's Word says. This is why I'm telling you this. It's not just my good idea. It's what God says. And Sabello followed it. And he, he's a happy guy. Now, I, I couldn't smile as big as he's smiling, right? And that picture is, uh, is a few years old now. But he's still serving. So, principles, one and two. One, do you know him? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Right? It's faith that saves us. That's the first step. And once we know him... Then, oh, do you know him? We're all sinners. We deserve punishment. Christ died for us, and we need to trust Jesus. And once you know him, are you exercising your faith? Or do you want to stay? There's another whole sermon about being a baby Christian, right? Or do you want to stay a baby Christian? Are you exercising your faith? Are you growing? Are you learning? And so, have you put your principles to work in God's life? Bible study, scripture memory, prayer, Christian service. If these four things are not in your life, maybe there's something that God's asking you to do to start and begin so that you can be more like him and so that you can uh, have that authentic Christian principled approach to your life. Let me pray, and then we'll turn it back over to uh, the, the praise band. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this opportunity to look at your word, to think about how your word applies to our lives and, and grow so that we can serve other people with your word as well. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.